on me. If you would please, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which, are, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Father, would you bless the reading and studying now of thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. An old Baptist preacher told this story. He said, when I was 30 years of age, he said, there's nothing better than the gospel. When I became 40 years of age, and the years of my life was swiftly flowing away, I said, then there is nothing as good as the gospel. When I became 50 years of age, and the grave diggers had done service for our home, and there was an empty chair at the dinner table. And there was someone who was not present when the time to go to bed. I then said there's nothing to compare with the gospel. When I became 60 years of age, and the years of my life had swiftly flown away, and I caught a second vision of heaven that was before me, and a year that had gone behind me, I then said there's nothing but the gospel. What I've tried my best over the years is to present to everybody that I can there's nothing but the gospel. Amen. There's some things that I believe that is true about the gospel. You can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. In uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, according to that verse alone, you can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. There's, uh, that's a negative that's positively true. A preacher in Detroit City that I went to the church there one time several years ago, and this pastor that was there before the pastor that I went to be with, he said, I only want 500. Now, this was a big church. He said, I only want 500 of the elite of Detroit. I, I've never felt that way in my life, and I hope I never come to that place. I want everybody God to give us. Amen. I want to preach the gospel to everybody that I can come in contact with. I want everybody that I can to be saved. What I'm trying to say is we need to go out and bring the harlots, we need to go out and bring those long-haired hippie guys that we used to call hippies years ago and, and uh, uh, little old ladies and big old men and, and some dressed fine and some dressed dainty and, and uh, some dressed with holes in the shoes and holes in their pants and, and so on. We need to get them the gospel, same as everybody else. And you know what the gospel is? It's the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how people get saved. You have to believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know that. I heard a man say one time years ago, nobody has a right to hear the gospel several times when the whole world hasn't heard it once. And that's the truth. Amen. 
Now, there are several reasons you can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. Because of the total depravity of every man. Romans 3.10 says it is written, There is none righteous, no one, not one. Romans 3.23 says, For all of sin and come short of glory of God. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Jeremiah 17.9, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperate and wicked. Who can know it? So, you know why you can't preach the gospel to the wrong person? Because the flesh of an old man is the same as a young man. It's sinful. And they need to be saved. I know that my daughter Cheryl, uh, uh, Robin, years ago I was at my side door of my house when I was living in Temple Terrace, and I heard two little girls talking outside. It was Robin and another little neighbor's girl, and they were playing, and I heard Robin telling this little girl and giving her the gospel how to go to heaven with her. And she was telling her how to be saved. And somebody, I was telling that story to somebody, and they said, Now, preacher, do you really believe that little children can get saved just the same way as an old person can get saved? I said, Absolutely. If they understand, if, they, if they're of the age of understanding what you're saying. And what people don't, or, or don't want to admit is that a lot of people want to say, well, you got to wait till you can understand everything about God and then you get saved. And my answer to that, if you wait then, brother, you'll never get saved because you can't understand everything about God. You can't explain everything about God. And you take a little child uh, that's to the age that they understand just common sense things and you talk to them and they understand what you're talking about. They know who Jesus is. They know that Jesus died for their sins. And they know that Jesus can save them from their sins. And I've heard of many when get saved. Same as an old man. There was a 90-something-year-old man got saved here in this church one time years ago. And I never will forget it. But a lot of people think, he lived all those years and rejected Christ as his Savior, and now he's going to get saved at the end of his life? And you know what I say to that? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Little children can get saved. Old people can get saved. doesn't matter what age you are. You can still get saved if you'll come to Christ. You can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, And you had the quickened who were dead in your sins and trespasses. So what you've got to realize is, is every human being is dead in their sins and trespasses until they come to Jesus and get quickened again and made alive. Now the problem with humans is not that he is sick and needs a doctor. The problem with all human beings is he's dead and he needs life. It's not that he is stupid and needs learning. He's dead. He needs to be made alive again. And the only way that a man can have life is by a supernatural exposure to the gospel which brings faith by the new birth. The second reason you can't preach the gospel to the wrong person is because of the universe's scope of God's love. I love this. John 3.16, For God so loved the world. I believe this with all my soul. There's not a human being ever been born that God didn't love. Every one of them. I feel, I, I sometimes I, I, my heart burns with hurt of all the little children that's died. And I think about little children that's aborted in every, every other kind of way that's died. 
And I, I get in the Bible and I was preaching a funeral one time of a little baby that died and the family come up to me and said, Preacher, can you give us verses of Scripture uh, to prove that my little baby's in heaven? I said, I sure can. I said, David is a perfect example of that. David had his little son and he died. And David cried as long as there's hope. And as long as that little baby was alive, David prayed and asked God to spare him. But when he died, he got up and wiped his face, the Bible says, and went to the table and eat. And his servants came and said, What's wrong with you? When the baby was still alive, uh, you was crying and begging God to save him. When he's dead, uh, you, you just act like there's nothing wrong. He said, But you don't understand. And I'm paraphrasing. But David said to his servants, You don't understand. I know where he's at, and I can go to where he's at, but he can't come back to where I'm at. And so, see, by that one incident, I know that if that baby went to heaven, so will mine. Amen? So all children are saved by the grace of God. But isn't it wonderful that the scope of God's uh, love is that He loves everybody, little babies, old men, young men. I don't care what the age is. God loves you. And this one, you know, I, I hear pe- people pitching pity parties all the time. That's what I call them. And, and I get a lot of this. People call me, Preacher, you don't know what I'm going through right now. You just don't understand. Nobody loves me. Now, I get in those every once in a while, don't you? I like to hear somebody tell me I, I love you. And uh, we have those kind of things, but I can always go back to this fact. If no man on the face of the earth loves you, I can tell you one thing, God loves you. God loves you, and He cares everything about you. Charles Spurgeon was out to a farmer's friend barn one day, and on the top of that barn was a weather vane. Underneath that weather vane was written, God is love. Mr. Spurgeon said, What are you trying to tell everybody? Uh, God loves, God's love is as changeable as the wind. And the farmer shook his head and said, No, sir, I'm trying to tell you God's love no matter which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> I love that. Amen? There's never been a time when God did not love us. Before the world was ever formed, God loved you and I. Before man was ever created, God loved us. There's no love like the love of God. There never was a time when God did not love you. You think about that. God loves you. The second negative, which is positive, true, you can't preach the gospel without preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you seen that thing? Uh, I don't like to mention preacher's name, but uh, Joel Osteen. <laughs> Did you see that thing that he's got out now? Uh, positive preaching. And I listen to some of that positive preaching. And uh, think positive now, and you'll have a better life. That's all you got to do is think positive. And all he does is talk about thinking positive. And he preaches sometimes. Uh, I don't know how long he preaches on TV and everywhere else to the con- great congregation he's got. And all he does is preach positive thinking, positive, all this kind of stuff. And not once did he mention the gospel. Not once did he mention the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something. You can't preach the gospel without preaching Christ. Because Christ is the gospel. And so he, he, he spent all day long 
That's the reason I don't like these churches that gets in political realms and all they want to do is talk about politics and the president race and everything else in the world and they get up and they, I'm for this and you're for that and they'll cover everything else and have a whole service and a whole hour arguing back and forth about politics and they go away and say, we've been to church. We've been to worship service. No, you haven't. You've been to a social media. And the Bible says you can't preach the gospel without preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the gospel. When old Philip was preaching to the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached to him salvation. Jesus. Now, why you can't, uh, what I'm trying to say, you can't open the Bible and without picking a verse of Scripture and preach from it unless you come across the preaching of Jesus. Do you know I like short sermons? Uh, I preached a little bit short a couple of weeks ago and somebody come up to me and said, you feeling all right, preacher? You let us out early. I said, no, I just felt sorry for you. You need to get down to Cracker Barrel where everybody got there. Amen. But I like short sermons. Amen. I like long sermons. I like squeaky voices. I like big old booming voices. But what I am saying tonight with all my soul and I believe you can't preach the salvation without preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. One old man said, what we need today is just a good old Jesus meeting. Now that's true. There's absolutely no substitute for preaching the Word of God. And you cannot preach the gospel without preaching Jesus. Thirdly, you can't preach the gospel effectively without the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Zechariah 4 6. Not by might, nor by power. But with my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know the hardest thing that I had to face when God called me to preach? I can't save anybody. I, I, no matter how much I want to save somebody and save their soul, I can't do it. And I can't control what God does for people myself. I like to go out and take some people and shake them and say, Wake up and understand what God's trying to tell you. But I can't do that. It won't do no good. But I I do know one thing. If anything is going to be accomplished when somebody's preaching, the Holy Spirit's going to have to do it. The Holy Spirit has to take the Word of God and deal with each one of us as our need. And by the way, every one of us has need, and most of them is different from anybody else's. Our needs are different. But thanks be unto God, isn't it something to you how that somebody, I've had people literally come up to me and say, you knew all about me, and they'd be sitting on this church, side of the church, somebody would come, you preached right to me today, preacher. Now, wait a minute, either I preached to them or I preached to you. I ain't preaching to all of you, amen? No. The Bible says when you preach the Word of God, it reaches to everybody's heart. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do that. I can't reach somebody for God, but the Holy Spirit sure can. For anyone to be saved in, for any life to be changed, for a troubled life to be straightened out, it, it takes a miracle. 
And only God can do a miracle. Now get this, please. It's only by the Holy Spirit's power that the preaching of the gospel is effective then. Acts 1.8 is a secret. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That means nothing will take the place of being filled with the Holy Spirit then. Another thing that's positive true is you can't win a soul to Christ and never forget it. Do you know I remember the first person I ever led to the Lord? James chapter 5 verse 20. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So I remember leading people to Christ and I found some some of the best friends I got in life is those as I've led to Christ over the years. I might not know theology as all to. I might have, not have the best grammar, but this one thing any Christian can do, and he ought to do, and that's win the loss to Christ. And when hard times come, uh, when times of depression comes, you remember the joy of winning that one to Christ. You know, when you, when you get down... If you won people to the Lord, if you've done your best to help people in the Lord to the gospel of getting saved by their soul saving on their way to heaven, and the old devil's on top of you and, and making you feel bad about everything and everything that's going wrong in the world, you'll remember those people that you led to Christ, you're going to meet them in heaven one day. Can you imagine that some of these, one of these days, there's going to be a many a person I'm going to meet on the streets of go one day, and we're going to have a good old shouting time. And I haven't seen them in years and years. And they go their way and I go my way, but i got to lead them to Christ and I'm going to meet them again. Amen? I'm looking forward to that. That keeps me going. Now, four negative things that are positive truth then. You can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. You can't preach the gospel without preaching Christ. You can't preach the gospel effective without the Holy Spirit's power. You can't win a soul to Christ and never forget it. Now, Here's the question. Do you know someone who is lost in their sins and need to be saved? Remember this. God loves them. God wants them to go to heaven. And you, you think, and, and this this is something that I enjoy because sometimes I'll be praying for somebody. Lord, I want to see them saved so bad. I want them to go to heaven with me. And then I think, wait a minute. God wants them to go to heaven more than I want them to go to heaven. Amen? And And... You just think about that just for a minute. God wants you to go to heaven more than I do. And yet I want you to go. Jesus, just simply tell them about Jesus. Saves. That's the gospel. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit's power. And you'll never be the same once you win somebody to Christ. You'll never be the same. God will change your heart towards people. When you see a soul saved and a life changed. I've had the privilege of, of seeing so many. And I can go back and I can tell you about drunks that's got saved. I can tell you about harlots that's got saved. <laughs> I, told you, I can tell you about dope addicts that's gotten saved. And on and on and on that I've dealt with personally. And seen their lives straightened out for Christ's sake. There's no joy. There's no greater joy than that. And that's what keeps you going. And so the greatest thing you can do in this world, and this is what I'd like to encourage you to do, <laughs> is tell somebody else, Jesus saved. Jesus loves you. He wants to save your soul. Amen. Stand with me, please.
Heavenly Father, would you bless tonight, bless everyone that's come, and Father, bless the continuing the service now in the word of baptism, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, please, sir, come right on. And anybody else, if you'd like to join the church tonight, I see some of you, and, and I'd like for you to be members of this church. I've been praying for you. But I want God's way to be done. And I want Brother Tommy to sing a, a verse, if you would, please, and give you the opportunity. I remember when they sung us, invited me to join the church I got in and start Sir Lord, I have got saved. Never been the same since. And I ask you to do the same. Let's sing something, please. <coughs> Why do you wait, dear brother?